Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. It was a rare sight in the L.A. County city of Montebello yesterday after a tornado ripped through the city, damaging 11 buildings. Officials say the tornado struck late yesterday morning in a fairly industrial part of the city. Dr. Ariel Cohen is with the National Weather Service. At any place in particular in California, tornado is very highly unusual. However, if we look over a broader area of Southern California or California in general, we do tend to see a number of tornadoes occur really each year, especially in the winter and early, early springtime when strong Pacific storm systems move on shore and create favorable conditions. Kurjat Singh lives in the neighborhood where the tornado touched down. He spoke to Fox 11 News in Los Angeles. Next thing you know, I hear like a boom. So I look up and I thought there were fighter jets, but there weren't fighter jets. It was my my tiles flying up and I was like, oh, this is not normal. The Montebello Fire Department says at least one person suffered minor injuries. As the latest atmospheric river ravaged the state, some communities are left with more mess to clean up. In the Merced County town of Planada, residents are still recovering from the flooding in January that left the town inundated with water. Most recently, in the rural farmworking community of Pajaro in Monterey County, a breach levee put 3,000 people out of their homes. And now, residents in small towns in Tulare County are working around the clock to prevent major damage from flooding in their area. Sarait Martinez is executive director of the Centro Binacional para el Desarrollo Indígena Oaxaqueño, a community organization that supports farm workers across California. She joins me now to discuss the short and long-term impacts of these extreme weather events on farm workers. Hi, Sarait. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Earlier this week, the Monterey County Board of Supervisors sent a letter to the governor explaining that some of the fields inundated with water would be fallowed for up to three years due to contamination from the recent flooding. What does this mean for the community of farm workers that call this area home? For communities uh, like Pajaro, like Planada, usually in this month in March, people start working uh, to prepare for the high peak of, of the work season. Farm workers work year-round to save up money to work and live in the winter time. And this winter has been devastated for community, um, not only because last year the season was short and inconsistent because of the drought that the state faced, but now with the rains, like workers are already maxed out of their savings from last year's uh, worth of work. 
And President Biden approved the state of California's emergency declaration request earlier this month, making federal disaster assistance available to supplement state, tribal, and local response efforts. Will farm workers be able to access the support too? Uh, well, many workers are undocumented and either they don't qualify, if they qualify is for, you know, their children. But even then, like, like parents don't want to apply because that also puts them at risk or like to give their information. There's no trust in the government. We have many families, uh, even in Pajaro, that didn't want to go to shelters, that decided to go live with families just because of the fear of accessing those type of resources. Um, so people are, don't have the safety net, even if the government provides uh, this type of assistance, it usually does not get to undocumented workers or are too afraid to, to use it. What can be done to bridge that gap between the government and these workers? Working with community-based organizations that have the trust in the community is important. Uh, it's important to get information in their language uh, because we have a big community of mixed eco speakers Mixteco um, workers that need information, not just in Spanish, but in, in Mixteco or other indigenous languages. And how can people who want to help help these communities? Yes, yeah, so we're really inviting community members to get engaged in their local communities um, to not only provide direct support or the donations, but also to call the legislature, to call the representative, to call the governor. We believe that there needs to be um, an infrastructure that needs to be built because this keeps happening. If it's not uh, COVID, if it's not the drought, or if it's not fires, it's, it's water, uh, it's the rain. Then the most impacted continue to be undocumented workers and undocumented farm workers in the state. That was Sarait Martinez, Executive Director of the Centro Binacional para el Desarrollo Indígena Oaxaqueño. Thank you so much, Sarait. Thank you so much for having me. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. 
Tomorrow, bids are due to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, for Silicon Valley Bank's assets and liabilities. But there's no word yet as to whether purchasers will be required to honor SVB's $11 billion community benefit agreement. KQED's Rachel Myro has more from our Silicon Valley desk. Silicon Valley Bank committed to spend $11 billion on things like affordable housing and small business loans in the Bay Area and Los Angeles as part of a merger two years ago. Paulina Gonzalez-Brito is CEO of the California Reinvestment Coalition, which negotiated the deal. It's a real economic driver and a real concern when you lose that. Ari Bariak heads Merit Community Capital, a nonprofit affordable housing funder that did a lot of business with SVB and still does. The people who work in affordable housing in Silicon Valley Bank are still there, and they've been communicating to us. They've been told that they should act as business as usual. At least for now. I don't know who's going to step up when Silicon Valley Bank walks away. The coalition has started a petition urging the FDIC not to clear any sale of Silicon Valley Bank that doesn't keep its affordable housing promises. For The California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. And that's The California Report for Thursday, March 23rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And... Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.